Welcome to the Dutch EdTech Podcast. Weekly interviews with Dutch and European pioneers who work in the EdTech sector and pushing learning innovation forward. Learn about their personal stories, their market knowledge, and their vision around the future of learning. Dutch EdTech brings the EdTech community together through insights, events, and network opportunities to accelerate learning innovation and create a more adaptable society. Powered by the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Climate Policy, Marine Terrain Amsterdam, Drought Tribe, and the University of the Netherlands. Hello, everybody. Today we have Dimitrios Flagosius uh, as guest in the podcast. Um, really interesting profile. He did a lot of research uh, and wrote more than, I think, 100 papers about online learning and edtech. Uh, he's from Greece uh, and he's now in Amsterdam and he's part of the Digital Society School and a program manager for the track edtech for social change from the Amsterdam University of Applied Science. And we have a conversation about online learning, edtech, uh, how to track uh, learning analytics and much more. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Dimitrios, thank you very much for taking the time for the Dutch EdTech podcast. So thank you very much to, for being here. My pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, p- perfect. I look really forward to uh, for this conversation. You're uh, definitely an expert in the EdTech uh, field. You wrote a lot of papers, you did the research. Um, so I really look forward to just learn from you and to talk uh, about what you're doing and uh, uh, where you came from uh, and how you uh, started and being involved in the EdTech space. Uh, but first, like Dimitri Vlachokios, how's your, yeah. how can you pronounce your last name? Vlachopoulos. It's, it's Vlachopoulos. very Greek, so difficult one. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, awesome. Mm. I will make sure we have uh, the right name in the podcast uh, <laughs> and so people can find you. <laughs> hey, um, uh, for, the, for the beginning, uh, can you explain a little bit your, your background, uh, what you have done? Um, uh, and shortly, uh, a little bit your background, that would be a good start. Yeah. So um, I have been working in higher education since 2005 and I have worked in different countries, in Greece, in Cyprus, in Spain, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, and currently in, in the Netherlands. Uh, mm-hmm. Until uh, a couple of years ago, I was working in, in traditional academia, re- research-focused universities, uh, until 2019, uh, where I, when I joined uh, Digital Society School at the Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences. Uh, as you know, uh, at the Digital Society School, we... Um, uh, innovate a lot on how we operate and we conduct uh, research on the impact of technology in society. We uh, aim to develop the skills that are uh, necessary for the transformation of society. And uh, we always have as a blueprint, uh, as our blueprint, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So within the Digital Society School, I'm leading a track which is called Educational Technology for Social Change. And this mm-hmm. is a connective hub that opens space for applied research, innovation projects, and partnerships with industry stakeholders. So our activity is based on, on two main pillars. First, we aim to uh, provide people who uh, live in rural, remote areas, etc., 
Also, we aim to upskill and reskill people to be ready for the jobs of today and the current competitive labor market, but also the jobs of the future. And this, uh, we aim to do that through the development of uh, transversal competencies that are needed uh, for every discipline or job. And in parallel with DSS, I also teach online still in uh, universities in the UK, in Spain and in Greece. Wow, uh, that's already a, a lot of information, I think, for, for a lot of people to... Uh, uh, amazing what you guys do with the Digital Society School from the uh, Applied Science uh, from the Amsterdam. Um, uh, how did you start it in the EdTech? Just uh, yeah. your motivation? How, how did that uh, start in the beginning of your career? So I started with a degree in classics, so nothing to do with education. So... Um, I studied to become a teacher of ancient Greek and Latin. And uh, soon I, I realized that um, I'm not feeling very comfortable with this traditional and very uh, uh, boring, I would say, uh, way of studying with huge books and memorizing. So um, I started, uh, I continued my studies in, um, in pedagogy and uh, mm -hmm. my PhD was the first online course of ancient Greek. So it was, uh, when, when was in this? 2008. So 2008. Yeah, in 2006, <laughs> yeah. we weren't even able to type all these accents and uh, fonts that the Greek, ancient Greek language has. So uh, yeah. I said, um, how can we... Uh, motivate people? How can we uh, engage people with this uh, very important um, discipline that uh, trains your mind and make you reflect on society and what is happening currently? Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, I was involved in uh, distance education and online education since very early, the 2004, when I started my postgraduate degrees. And educational technology for me is um, per se something motivating because it empowers both it's teachers and learners to experience a more motivating, high quality and effective learning experience. So an effective learning experience leads to the development of more competencies and more competent people enact positive social change, make the world a better place. So uh, for me, yeah. it's a domino of positive effect that uh, the use of technology in education can bring. And during the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic, and the transition to this um, emergency remote teaching uh, environment, uh, mm -hmm. we have seen that uh, the, the world has impacted vulnerable communities in a very disproportionate way. We have a lot, a big gap in as far as access and accessibility in education. Uh, so uh, for me, it is a real motivation to see how we can use technology to uh, bridge this gap and to give opportunities to everyone. So yeah, this is why why I'm here. Awesome. And and uh, what happened in the beginning of 2020 uh, when Corona happened? Because were you already with digital? Society yes. School yes. I, were you already busy with this? Uh, uh, we we, we started. It's amazing. Uh, I think it was meant to be because uh, I was uh, offered the opportunity to build this track uh, from scratch in January, yeah. February 2020. So just just <laughs> Good just before. <laughs> Uh, the pandemic and you know um, a lot of my colleagues and other colleagues that I have uh, in, in other universities were saying how happy you are now Demetrius with uh, uh, this uh, obligation to test online education and to test more yeah. technology and indeed at the beginning 
I was very, very happy and very motivated. And I, and I was thinking that this is the time for uh, distance education and online education to prove how useful and how yeah, important they are. Yeah. However, I, I have to admit now that I'm also a bit skeptical. And you know why? Because uh, a lot of institutions, uh, schools, universities, uh, non-formal institutions even, non-formal education mm -hmm. institutions, uh, they are not implementing uh, online education adequately. And this leads to a not very attractive learning experience. And a lot of uh, people and stakeholders may uh, end up uh, in the um, conclusion that, oh, uh, online education, it doesn't work or it cannot uh, bring yeah. a, a high quality education and learning experience. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a great opportunity but it can lead also to um, a reputational damage if we don't make sure that it, it is implemented correctly and adequately. Uh, yeah. And before we, <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in the skeptical part, but I'm also interested in like, how, how do you test it then? Because you have, you have done a lot of research. How many papers did you wrote about online learning ethic? It's I a, a, a bit online. more than 100 we are in total. You, so you have more than 100 publications yeah. and research papers around. Okay, so we have the right person in the podcast. So, but uh, uh, for me, like, uh, how do you test online? What is a good, you, you just said it, eh? we're doing testing. What does it mean? Like, what, what is a good course in your opinion? What is an effective course? What is a good online course? Like, yeah. What are the metrics? Is how do you define yeah. this? Uh, most of the times, I'm not very quantitative. So sometimes we hear a lot of percentages and 85% or 80 7% satisfaction and uh, uh, teachers answering uh, students' requests in uh, uh, 15 hours or 24 hours. So I'm also in uh, more, I try to have also qualitative, I don't, I don't believe, I truly believe that this quantitative part is important, but I want also yeah. to, to combine it with qualitative um, uh, per perceptions, uh, um, um, satisfaction levels, and I focus on the on the most important uh, um, actors: the teacher and the learner, the instructor and the learner. So, how mm -hmm. comfortable is the instructor feeling teaching this course? How uh, how uh, possible? How uh, how many opportunities uh, do they have? The teachers to demonstrate their full potential through this way of teaching. How satisfied yeah. and how effective is this teaching for learners? How motivating is for learners? So all these indicators that have to do with the two main actors, the, the, the instructor and the, and the learner, for me are extremely important. Yeah. And, and uh, is there now an industry term or an industry framework or a benchmark where you say like, okay, you can teach you, you can see if you're a good online, yeah, uh, creating a good online course or a good online experience. Do you, do you, because you're now saying this, but what is good and what is not good, for example, on those metrics? Yeah, good for mentioned. me, um, good online education is uh, a, a, a learning and teaching a learning experience which has uh, an identity. So that, for example, that it's not a replication of what uh, we were doing in a physical space that uh, has a value proposition that uh, we as an institution, uh, our educational model is um, uh, enhanced through a collaboration. We believe that we learn better through interacting. 
we believe that we learn better through practical examples and real case scenarios. So uh, I, I need a story. I need a, a pedagogical model behind. And um, mm-hmm. I don't believe that technology is, uh, is the solution. Is that, uh, because everyone focuses on the tool and the tool yeah. alone uh, is, is not the solution. So uh, no. the tool must be um, um, integrated in a pedagogical model, in an approach which can lead to um, the achievement of, of the desired learning outcomes. And okay, and um, um, okay, and do you have any examples of, like, for example, names, or you, you wrote a lot of papers, like which university or school or professor or teacher is like a good example of like and combining the, the technical side and maybe the content side well uh, well maybe i'm a bit biased because i have worked in some very good online uh, universities so i worked for many years in the open university in catalonia which is the first university in the world that offered a fully online course which means like 100 percent mm-hmm. through internet in 1995 so uh, uh, together with the University of Phoenix in the UK and in the US, they were the two first universities with fully uh, online experience. Um, the big players and a, a full online. What does that mean? Is that was that including, uh, for example, really uh, getting a degree? Yeah, or was for it, formal it, ba- yeah? formal okay. education, bachelor and master uh, degree level um, uh, education. So that was a very, you know, uh, huge innovation for, I'm talking about 1995, where internet was not in everyone's homes. It was something really, no, yeah, absolutely. Adopted. So yeah. uh, um, I, I, could, I could talk about uh, also geographical regions. So Canada, Australia uh, uh, were um, uh, started uh, with a lot of online uh, education because of, of their ge- geography. There were a lot of people in remote areas, so technology was used a lot for students not to be disconnected for school. Uh, in, same in Canada. In Europe, we have mm-hmm. more and more universities everywhere, uh, uh, even very traditional and research-based universities that they develop in parallel uh, an online portfolio. So I see a disruption and I see a new paradigm in education where um, the online uh, element, uh, the online education is really equivalent and equally respectful uh, in, uh, in, uh, uh, bo- in all levels of education. And COVID-19 brought us online yeah. education in school also, so which is a very important uh, aspect to, to consider. Yeah, and and on the you mentioned it before the skeptical part. So, um, uh, are you already seeing like uh, is is it pushback then, for example, that people are like, oh, we don't want it, and we try it out, and we use this as an opportunity to push it back, and we don't want to change too much, and that's why we don't apply it the, the new uh, ways of online or what are the oh, yeah what yeah what, what what do you see on the skeptical side? Well. Um... In every kind of innovation, um, there are a lot of people who don't want to go to step out of their comfort zone and the things that have been using and implementing for years. So it's not only uh, there are um, uh, in in research, we identify three categories of uh, teachers, for example, or instructors, Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. the the conservative uh, who are like, no, 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 from uh, for every innovation. Then we have the early adopters who are the first who step in and they say, yeah, I want to try it. 
and I want to um, uh, test and I want to uh, see what is the benefit of this innovation. And then we have a big part uh, of the teachers who mm -hmm. are the, the mainstream, I would say, that uh, they say, okay, yes, but I want proof. Yes, but I want evidence that this is working. So usually to be successful in implementing such innovation, you need to rely on the early adopters. So you need to showcase the good, the good practices, the benefits and the shiny examples to this group of mainstream people so you can attract them and they can become early adopters. And then uh, little by little, you focus also on the conservative part who, and you try at least to, to move them to the mainstream uh, category, which will make them test and implement some of the innovations that are in, uh, are in place. So um, I think that in some cases we don't have an option anymore and, and COVID-19 demonstrated that. So even if you are conservative uh, within the COVID-19 pandemic, you have to do, uh, you have to use technology and you have to do uh, emergency remote teaching. So uh, I, am, I, I, I echo the, the concerns, but also I, I, I realize that we are in front of a situation where it's not an option and we all need to be trained and uh, supported to be effective, effective in our teaching practice. Yeah, okay. And uh, just from your point of view, because you see a lot, you're really in this higher education space, you see a lot of our universities, if everything will be after a while online or parts will be online, uh, for example, live trainings or a, a more also as accessible for a lot of people, uh, is there still a space then in your opinion for so many universities? Because I, I can also follow one uh, from Brazil, for example, or from America or from uh, Catalonia. Uh, yeah. How do you see uh, that? I believe that um, it, it's a tricky question to answer with a yes or no, uh, because uh, um, from one side, uh, there will be uh, even more competition because uh, if you want to survive, you have to uh, propose and to offer something different or uh, something yeah. uh, that will attract uh, more, more learners. On the other side, we need to consider that it is very easy to enroll in an online program. So I see that this um, um, expansion of online education will bring more learners that uh, would never study uh, on campus because they cannot move, they cannot uh, uh, um, quit their job or they cannot travel to study. And this will open the door for more education and more uh, training opportunities to many more people. So there will be more demand if they know that they can study on their own pace, from their own place. And I'm not only talking about formal education, which is a bachelor's, master's or a PhD. I'm talking about lifelong learning and uh, uh, yeah. informal, non-formal education, micro-credentials, where they tackle specific skills that are needed for the labor market or uh, uh, concrete uh, jobs uh, of uh, today and probably jobs uh, that uh, will be created in the future. Yeah. So you, you, you think it will be more, but... It's not a threat, for example, for some universities. There, be, there, will be the, there will be a threat for those universities who don't want to transform and they will stick on yeah. the old model, traditional model. Uh, I think uh, even the, in the post-COVID era, those who will say that I go back to the fully traditional uh, brick-and-mortar uh, education, 
um, they won't be the most attractive choices for for the learner population. No, okay, clear. I, I was just wondering you because you you said in two thousand ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen. Yeah. Ninety five. Five. Yeah. It it already started with online, and you were uh, you did a lot of research. Is it in your opinion? Is it is it went it uh, now in two thousand twenty one? It took pretty, in my opinion, pretty long. But now I'm filling out the question. <laughs> pretty long for all the this yeah adoption and te technology. Is it in your eyes normal the speed or was it? going slow or quick quicker well or... this is this is a great question because um uh, in 2000 because yeah. we do it like yeah like yeah with dutch with dutch attack we want to we want to uh, we want to help people and accelerate uh, education innovation but i'm always asking like thinking myself as well like uh, what kind of like what is the acceleration so uh, the changes are not fast yeah. at all i would say and uh, back in 2000 when i yeah. started my university studies and uh, uh, we were all uh, talking that in 2020 there would be cars flying uh, and uh, there would be everything would be automized and uh, uh, visiting and having dinner uh, in the moon and many many things that would happen in 2020 and we are 2021 and you see that there is some change, there is some more use of technology, but uh, the steps are slower. And also there is a misconception that technology can replace also teachers. And um, I yeah. don't see that at all for the next years. I see technology being a, 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 an added value and support for the teachers. Uh, also because the profession of the teacher is so complex and emotional that I don't see that being solved or being replaced so fast in the upcoming year. So the changes are not fast. And that is why initiatives like the Dutch attack are needed, that will um, enact yeah. more synergies, collaboration, joining forces. And this will uh, increase the speed of uh, the initiatives, of course. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. A uh, um, little bit back to uh, Digital Society School, eh? the, the track that you're now doing, the attack mm -hmm. for social change. Eh? Uh, can you explain? Are there already some outcomes out of the program? What are you guys uh, doing? What do you expect if there are maybe not yet? Uh, absolutely. And I, I would like to briefly explain how, how we um, operate, how we operate yeah, so perfect. you yeah. better understand also the projects that we are having. So uh, mainly we have uh, three main activities. The f uh, first of all, we work on projects that are funded by uh, the European Commission or the Dutch Research Agenda, uh, which are big projects and involve also partners uh, from uh, uh, countries outside the Netherlands, uh, mainly European. So this, uh, op these opportunities have enabled us to create a very, uh, a very strong international network already with more than 20 institutions in Europe that we work together on um, technology uh, and education. Uh, currently, we have three uh, European projects ongoing since last year. Uh, one is about uh, how we can use technology to uh, uh, create a community for teachers so they can get support uh, for their teaching practice, support for their well-being, training courses and uh, exchange of good practices, uh, especially during this COVID-19 and the early post-COVID-19 phase. We work also on how to 
support teachers use technology to be more inclusive in their in their in their teaching practice and respect diversity and the different uh, learning needs and preference of their students. And uh, very very recently, a couple of weeks ago, we got another project which is about how to use technology for assessment because teachers are very uh, skeptical and obsessed with assessment and this uh, um, physical distance that uh, makes them very stressed that they cannot really test the students' knowledge. So uh, we work on this project, we will work in this project on how we can use um, technology for effective assessment. The other uh, category of projects that we have is uh, creation of partnerships with governmental organizations and the private sector. So usually partners come to us because they know what we do and how we work with a challenge and we work together to find the solution to this challenge. Always uh, being responsible, uh, reserving the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and of course the vision of our university which is uh, to come up with creative solutions and sustainable innovations that will connect today with tomorrow. So one of these projects that we currently have is with um, uh, Hemente Amsterdam, the municipality of Amsterdam, uh, Amsterdam Economic Board, uh, Startup Amsterdam and uh, uh, Metropole Regio Amsterdam, which is the of the office, uh, the administration office for all the uh, region of the Amsterdam. Uh, and of course, the Javier and mm-hmm. MyTrack, where we uh, aim to develop um, an ecosystem for talent development initiatives. So this would be like a platform where the government and yep. the private sector and, and any, any person would be able to see what currently is happening in talent development initiatives, what kind of education opportunities there, uh, what kind of opportunities for synergies there are among organizations uh, with a focus in this first stage on tech talent. Uh, and uh, of course, the next stage is to include more sectors and fields in this uh, solution. And the th- yeah. And, and, and the third yeah, category is the creation of courses, either uh, tailor-made uh, that uh, we have been asked to design courses and uh, deliver them in concrete organizations, or we offer uh, our own portfolio, uh, which is open to the public. So these are the projects that we are currently uh, having. And we trained um, yeah. teachers from the Javier, teachers in Canada, 2,000 teachers in Ghana, in Africa, through... Um, uh, the World Bank and some funding we got. So we have a lot of activity both nationally and internationally. And, uh, and during the project, can you explain a little bit more like who is working? Is, because there's a combination yeah, of students. It is, uh, we people, have a very and... multidisciplinary uh, team and multicultural team. So um, every, every challenge is tackled by a group of uh, trainees that participate in our traineeship program. Uh, these are, uh, uh, they can be uh, designers, they can be researchers, developers, very, very diverse uh, backgrounds, depending on the nature of, of the project, of course. They are supervised uh, uh, by a coach, a digital transformation designer, of course, by me. And also we have the core team of the Digital Society School, with all the expertise in uh, technology, uh, digital transformation, design thinking. And uh, together, uh, with the support of our partners, we have members of the partners that actively participate in, uh, in, uh, in, our, in our project. We co-create, we prototype, yep. and we prepare solutions, always using technology in a responsible way. 
Yeah, and and the, the outcomes because it is it is uh, public funded. Uh, it, it, are the outcomes yeah, like that's, shared? That's, is it, that is, is my, this, that is our, it, our promise yeah. and that is our vision and mission to offer uh, open solutions. Uh, so um, uh, mm-hmm. the platform, for example, that we are going to create uh, with uh, all these uh, governmental uh, partners uh, are, is going to be open. Uh, the platform that we designed uh, and we are currently finishing for the teachers is also uh, open and uh, open access. So every solution and also the European Commission that funds our projects uh, is a requirement that this solution should be available for everyone. And then yeah. people can see yeah. it on the website or see learning, learning and, outcomes, and outcomes. Uh, prototypes, awesome. yeah. MVPs that can be tested and they can give feedback, so we get this feedback from uh, for the next sprint and the development of this solution. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and and uh, what's next for Digital Society School and maybe for this? Uh, so the track? next steps for this track is uh, the post-COVID, um, uh, the post-COVID uh, era, uh, and I think we are. Mm-hmm. The number of infections doesn't uh, tell, but uh, I think we are already entering in in uh, how the uh, when the emergency is not there how education is going to work and uh, personally i'm working yeah. um, really intensively on uh, blended learning models uh, because i i really don't believe that we will be back to uh, traditional 100 percent on-campus education whatever the the, uh, no. the situation is with covid um technology and distance education will be used uh, much more. So now I'm currently working on uh, flexible blended learning models that can be suitable from different organizations depending on their needs, the type of teachers and the type of learners they have, the age of these learners. So uh, this is our uh, main focus right now. And and with blended, uh, any examples or companies that you look up to that you say like, oh, those are like at the forefront of blended learning? So, yeah, so, uh, so far we don't have a lot of uh, blended learning models implemented because uh, we are still on lockdown and there is a lot of uh, online or better emergency remote teaching is called because it's, uh, it, it's not a fully online uh, education model. Um, however, I wanted to emphasize that there are there is already a lot of um, research on what students and teachers need. So uh, our experimentation with emergency remote teaching demonstrated that uh, we missed communication, we missed motivation, we missed a variety of resources. So there are different uh, blended learning models, which are called uh, a la carte or flex blended models, which uh, can offer uh, learners um, solutions resources and activities that can tackle their own preferences and this can be really effective uh, for their learning journey at an institution okay and um uh, but uh, any 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 examples where you say like oh i've seen those use cases where i think like oh those are really uh, interesting Uh, It's very difficult to say because I haven't uh, studied concrete examples. At the DSS and our traineeship, I would like to mention our example where uh, we have a very practical program 
and uh, we we aim to combine uh, some uh, on-campus uh, meetings and uh, practical uh, prototyping activities uh, with a fully uh, the rest of a fully online experience with uh, trainings, courses, collaboration, brainstorming online. But uh, now we are uh, building how, uh, for what reason are we going to use the on-campus experience? What do we need to, um, what needs do we need to tackle? And these were the sense of belonging, the well-being, feeling part of a team, and also uh, networking and uh, hardcore prototyping. Um, the people are coming at the Digital Society School to build, use their hands and, and uh, and 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 uh, create solutions. So, um, this is what we are uh, currently Creation. exploring, and uh, we are. Uh, uh, it's work in progress. Yeah. Do you think uh, exactly what you say? Eh, the sense of belonging and networking. Do you think like courses will be split up where you say uh, uh, do this at home and online and video or maybe live? And now we uh, uh, go into more, for example, creation um, phase of the content, the phase of the project. Yeah. And now we go back uh, to campus. I think and more and more people that realize together. that being in a room, in a physical space, just to listen to someone talking, this can be also uh, very effective. Yeah. And, and I'm not underestimating the value of uh, listening uh, for one hour, a very successful and uh, knowledgeable teacher. But I say that it can happen also at home. Uh, uh, synchronously or asynchronously yep. by uh, uh, watching or listening to him or her. Uh, so um, I think now we are uh, going to use the space for more creative things and for things that also will keep us more healthy mentally and more motivated because this is what we missed during this last year. Yep. The motivation, the sense of community, that I belong, I'm part of this team, I'm part of this university, I'm part of this organization. And um, this, is, this is where the focus yeah. is going to be on. Yeah, learning is still, big parts of learnings are also learning together, right? And, uh, and that, that, that is difficult sometimes online. Uh, yeah, some options. Hey, I'm, I'm also wondering, and you, you wrote so many papers, uh, research papers, what is in your opinion maybe you can quote the title of the paper, but a couple of like top papers around EdTech where you say like, ooh, those are like uh, one of my favorite uh, research you, papers. Not uh, my, you, not that my you read. Uh, papers that I wrote, yeah. I read, right? Not, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was you can also mention your own. To put me fine. in the position to choose my paper. So um, uh, for me, it's okay. um, uh, one concept that I'm currently exploring is uh, the um, blended learning ecosystems. Uh, so there is a lot of research on uh, how blended learning becomes uh, a, a full uh, experience for both teachers and, uh, and learners. So it becomes an ecosystem. It's not I use this concrete tool and this platform, but it's uh, how I establish a collaboration. Yeah. What is the importance of collaboration? What is the importance of uh, expository teaching. So one one concept uh, is uh, is on this, uh, and also I'm very interested uh, currently on escape rooms. So uh, how we can use escape rooms, digital escape rooms, uh, that can be also sustainable and innovative, and can make uh, uh, the learning uh, more fun 
and also more effective. And uh, last semester, we developed uh, an escape room for entrepreneurship students. And it was quite a success because uh, uh, we measured how much, uh, how more sustainable we were comparing to buying things and, and creating a physical escape room. We respected the social distancing um, yeah. uh, uh, restrictions. And at the same time, we, um, we were very innovative and uh, everyone had a lot of uh, a fun uh, learning experience. So um, we have also colleagues from the Javier, uh, uh, Professor Waki, uh, researcher Richard Martina that are working on uh, sustainable and digital escape rooms. And we also developed um, a, a, a literature review on this. Uh, which was published in the journal Sustainability. And the third element I love is games and simulations. Um, uh, also, I, I worked hard on, on, on this topic to understand where we can use games, why, not just for the sake of it, but what is the value, what is the frequency that we need. Uh, and um, this is the third, uh, let's say, category of uh, research topics that I'm currently exploring. Yeah, and uh, interesting for just for the, the escape room, eh? you did it for the, ent mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship students. Uh, what what do you measure doing in digital escape room yeah. for the students? Like what comes out there that is maybe not possible with an so, ordinary, so, like ordinary um, slide deck. Just to give you an example, this escape room focused on uh, one competence that all entrepreneurs need to develop, which was financial literacy. So. If you see the books and the learning resources um, that talk about this topic, uh, it's not a very engaging uh, thing to do, like studying um, uh, pages and pages that talk about financial literacy. What we did is that we created a very fun story that yeah. you uh, have been inherited um, 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 a shop uh, that sells uh, sweets and uh, you have some challenges that mm -hmm. uh, oblige you to um, demonstrate knowledge of financial literacy and make the right decisions. So to, to move from one task to the other, yeah. you need to demonstrate some skills. And uh, all the people who tested uh, said that, uh, first of all, they feel much more confident with their knowledge and that it was definitely a motivating learning experience, which is what we really need. Like, learn and feel happy with the, your learning. Yeah, so it's a different kind of feedback. And also you, you create awareness the, the of have. how to be sustainable because uh, we created also a sustainability calculator, which is um, um, how, uh, da how uh, much damage do you, do you uh, provoke to the environment if you buy plastic boxes for uh, or... Uh, wooden boxes or uh, what is the difference so automatically in parallel with the financial uh, literacy you yeah. we achieve awareness for uh, environment and sustainability which is a an, an added value and a very important competence for everyone interesting and i, I don't know if it's possible with this project or maybe you read because of the online you have certain other other elements that you can track, for example, right? Yeah. Maybe eye movements, for example, right? If uh, people look in the camera. Uh, uh, anything new that you have seen, like, ooh, that, that metrics was almost impossible to measure 
uh, in the offline world, of course, but now with like this escape room element, we came up with new measurements and new metrics that we net have, that we didn't have before to uh, yeah. even look at the, yeah, I am, the, the learning uh, experience. I, am, I don't know I if you have any new metrics. Analytics yeah. And uh, I am... Uh, um, uh, I'm one of the people who um, tried with people with mathematics to create algorithms uh, from the learning analytics that can help me project uh, whether yep. a student is at risk or will be at risk uh, during their studies. And uh, we baked um, uh, different um, uh, factors like uh, previous academic studies, uh, mother language, capacity to fund their own studies, uh, different different um, uh, factors and um, their participation and their activity within the virtual um, uh, classroom gave us so much insights so we know mm -hmm. uh, which people can uh, have uh, can struggle and this allows us to focus and to support a bit more these people so they don't drop and they have a very uh, successful yeah. learning journey so data analytics from uh, the virtual classroom, uh, like activity, uh, heat maps where uh, people are, uh, are facing more challenges and they are testing a bit more, are definitely something I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm exploring right now. Yeah, uh, but there, but you will also probably see because of this, the online university schools, lifelong learning, companies and organizations who will do this, they will get way more data to even improve the learning experience more and more and more and more. So it will be, uh, it will be difficult probably to still compete in Absolutely. the future. With I, I totally agree with this. Uh, formats. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, awesome. Like uh, so much knowledge already. Beautiful. Um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, who do you follow in the edtech space? Which is a person uh, that you say, ooh, that, that's yeah. a person I follow on Twitter. Or, uh, to uh, start with, I follow uh, the binary. colleagues of uh, the, this initial group that um, is uh, forming now, the Dutch edtech. So uh, um, we have a lot of innovation and a lot of... Um, uh, expertise uh, in, in our small team and group, which I, I think that it will become much bigger very, very soon. Yep. I also... Um, uh, so, um, Who are those? Your, the amazing. first uh, interview with uh, Rul Belinga is a, a very good example of a, a very uh, um, innovative <laughs> yeah. uh, individual who is uh, trying to solve uh, uh, all the challenges of online education through innovative solutions and uh, nice tools. Uh, we have also the opportunity to collaborate in small projects on synchronous uh, learning with Itorium. And uh, of course, we all know the University of the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also, uh, I, I had also yeah. the opportunity to um, uh, participate in sessions with uh, startup companies in the tech that tackle uh, online books, open access. Mm -hmm. uh, I also follow and attend um, every two years the uh, UK EdTech group, which is a very potential now with events and nice conferences where people from all over Europe, we meet and we exchange opinions. And of course, you know that I work in academia and I have a lot of connections in uh, key universities, the University of Athabasca in the Canada, in, Sp in Spain, uh, which is a very progressive country in in online education. Uh, so I know a lot of academics also are around Europe. Uh, 
who uh, I, I collaborate with UNESCO yeah. and the chair for lifelong learning, which who these people there focus a lot on how to uh, integrate a tech uh, in uh, uh, school education. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Why, short question well, between, Spain why is Spain one of the countries in progress. Europe that has uh, a, a lot of uh, universities that offer exclusively online education and also is one of the countries that uh, years ago mm-hmm. uh, accredited fully online education for very competitive studies. Uh, you know, online education in the first years was like a second chance opportunity for those who didn't have the chance to study when they were younger. And they could study philosophy, uh, theology, yeah. literature, something which was not aggressive and competitive for the labor market. But in Spain, you have studies like primary education, psychology, law, uh, that can be delivered fully online. And this is not happening in, uh, in many other European countries um, where the accreditation requirements for online studies, fully online studies, are much stricter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. No. Uh, uh, amazing. Um, I'm learning always from you. We've had conversations. So thank you very much for that. Uh, for me, um, mm-hmm. we are a little bit in the at the end of the podcast. So uh, one or two more questions. Um, uh, uh, what do you want to get out of the the Dutch ad tech community? Um, short uh, tips or this is a fantastic uh, opportunity for synergies, uh, joining forces um, some ideas that uh, if more people are on the table they become a project and uh, uh, they become a solution uh, so yeah. um, the idea when you are working alone or in silo sometimes uh, can stay on paper or uh, can be materialized in a not very successful way so I feel, first of all, uh, uh, sorry, can I, can I stop that? Oh, oh uh, yeah, or you just open up and I will, I will, I will uh, turn it. It will be only this part to trim. I'm so sorry, but it's Murphy. Yeah, it's yeah. Murphy's I'll, law, I will turn this and out. I thought that it would be <laughs> no problem. Uh, uh, later. <laughs> so, um, let me start again. Uh, so you can just trim one part and 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 leave the rest. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I I can ask you the question. Uh, maybe uh, so. Um, what do you um, look forward yeah. to, uh, so, uh, to get out of the Dutch the first tech thing community? I see is that uh, the Dutch tech community is a huge opportunity for synergies. It's an opportunity to join forces, uh, um, build on uh, others' creativity and innovative ideas. And you know, when we work together, um, the idea becomes, um, it's easier to become a project and even easier to become a solution. So first of all, I see that there is a lot of potential. You know, the Netherlands is a hub of talent local talent and international talent. There are great universities. There are uh, huge companies. Yeah. Uh, there are uh, startups and scale-ups in, in the field. So I, I, I can't imagine a more suitable environment than, uh, uh, than the Netherlands to, uh, for such an initiative. So I, I really look forward to yeah. uh, such uh, activity. Perfect. 
we're going to uh, put all our energy to make it happen. And then uh, final question, like, uh, who yeah, uh, should I don't, we invite next on this podcast? I don't know uh, if you who, are... And uh, what should I ask uh, this person? This is a, uh, interest. Uh, I will talk about my personal, what I would like to uh, to showcase uh, in uh, from Dutch Tech. I would like to hear from a, a real practitioner, like uh, a teacher who is specialized in a tech and yeah. has transitioned yeah. smoothly in the emergency mm-hmm. remote teaching and learning context. So I would like to hear good practices, examples where um, the learning process was successful, the teacher was feeling um, uh, that they accomplished their goal, the, uh, that they managed to show their potential, and also that the students were happy and they met uh, the learning outcome. So for me, uh, this would bring to the whole tech community positivity, yeah. great energy, useful tips, because uh, I think that all education institutions will look for uh, solutions from us. They will ask us to uh, showcase good practices, and that could be a good yeah. uh, speaker. And, uh, do you have any names or... Um... Uh, can be international. I can, can be I from the Netherlands. I can also propose and think about it and and come up come up to you with some proposals. Definitely some real um, innovative and uh, successful teachers, uh, both local and international, to showcase. Uh, I can definitely yeah. contribute on this. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Then, so then send me a small email Absolutely. with some names, then I will follow up and then uh, we will do that. Perfect. Hey, uh, Dimitri, uh, Dimitri, thank you very much for, for the time and for sharing your, uh, your so, knowledge. Where um, can people find uh, you? Definitely, you uh, they can uh, follow my activity in my personal LinkedIn um, uh, profile, but also in the website of the Digital Society School. Uh, our track has a very important position there, Educational mm-hmm. Technology for Social Change. And I would be very happy to interact with people who will uh, listen to this podcast and uh, would like to exchange ideas, collaborate, or even have questions. Perfect. Hey, thank you very much.